Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and I have a pretty great show for you. This show is brought to you by Navman. Now, during the week, uh, my car alerted me that I have tires that are going down in pressure. I was losing pressure in one of my tires. Bit of a panic. And I was wondering, my car has that feature, but a lot of cars don't. Navman does sell um, a tire pressure monitoring system. Now, it does come with some of their actual dash cam units. The, the 860DC tire does come with this kit as part of the package with the dash cam. But if you don't uh, have that, then it actually works with around 12 different models in the Navman range already. It's it's an add-on that actually replaces those screw caps on your on your. Um, what do you call them? The air valves on your tires. You get these four screw caps. You put them in. They've got batteries built into it and they lock on and then they send that signal back to your, your dash cam. And I think this is just a really nice thing to have that if you are going on holidays or you are taking a road trip, monitoring that tire pressure is so, so important, not just for fuel economy, but also for your own safety. So it's the My Tire Tire Pressure Monitoring System. And don't forget, guys, any purchase you're doing through Navman, use the discount code UNCORKED for 20% off at checkout. That's just going to save you money. This thing is going to save you fuel economy and potentially uh, save anything really bad from actually happening as well. So do check it out. Head to navman.com.au. On with the show. All right, now let's get straight into this. I have got a glass in front of me. Uh, it's from Primo Estate again. Last week I had the same brand, different bottle this time. I've stuck with the white. We decided to do Thai for dinner tonight, so this had to be the thing I opened. It's a Verdicchio, now totally different. Uh, this is still actually from, from Italy. However, Verdicchio is a totally different type of grape variety. This is a little bit in between, a Pinot Grigio and a Chardonnay. So it's not super heavy on the Chardonnay side, but it's not quite as fruity. Um, it's a little bit more richier, richer than a Pinot Grigio. So I'm really enjoying this. It actually is, you know what? It's hitting the spot for me tonight. Um, it went really well with the Thai food. I probably should have had it a bit colder when I first served it. Right now, I've just taken a second glass from the fridge. And honestly, this is really hitting some sweet notes. It's a 2018 bottle. We're talking about 25 bucks here from, from Primo. Um, honestly, I'm getting through their range and it's only because I'm a fan, not because um, they've sent them to me or anything like that. These were bought. I'm just really, really enjoying them. So tonight on the show, uh, we're going to talk about Sonos. Actually, we're going to talk a lot about audio today, but, but Sonos is one of them. They've announced some big things. We'll talk about them first. Uh, I'm going to talk about cars a little bit. I've been driving a, driving a Subaru, and there's a feature in that I think is really worth talking about, and I think it should be in every car that we buy from here on in. Uh, WWDC, I've been invited. You've been invited. Everyone's been invited. Uh, Samsung has announced a new tablet, and I think this is interesting to talk about too. And then we have an interview with Bose. Now, Bose, uh, anyone who's ever used their products knows that they're pretty darn good. Uh, we're going to talk about everything in their range, including things that have actually been discontinued. Uh, not too controversial there, but we'll talk about it. So let's get on with the show. And yes, you will notice from the rundown, we're not going to be talking about COVID-19 or anything like that. I've done more than enough of that this week. Uh, this is just not going to be the time and place for it. Let's have a little bit more fun. Now, I spent some time with Sonos this week talking about some new products that were about to be announced. They've now been announced this morning, so we can all talk about them. The Play Bar was originally announced in 2013 or released onto market in 2013. The Play Bar has been the sound bar that Sonos has been selling to consumers for a very long time. It's been their high-end sound bar. I have one here. Uh, they, uh, the retail price hasn't really changed in the whole seven years that they've been on sale. Uh, they haven't needed to. Now, what happens with Sonos? They will sell you the hardware. It's ready to go. However, pretty much every few months, potentially once a year, potentially once every six months and so on, 
you'll receive updates for the product itself. And the update on the product makes it sound better. You'll have sound engineers at Sonos who are crazy people. I've met them. And they will absolutely spend so much time finessing and fussing about the audio. So they actually tend to go back to older products and take changes from new products and add them to the old ones. That's why they haven't replaced this thing in seven years. And if you think about that, it's really impressive that while it has been a almost $1,000 soundbar, it hasn't gone backwards in seven years. They haven't felt the need to replace the hardware for seven years. So if you did buy one seven years ago, you've certainly got a really good run out of it. And it's not to say they're going to stop updating this product, but now they've finally released a new soundbar. It's called the Arc. The Arc, not really sure where the name came from. Didn't ask, not really that important. However, this thing is big. We're talking about about 140 centimeters, sorry, about 1.1. 1.1 meters, 110 centimeters wide. Um, it has got this more of a rounded look to it. Maybe that's where the arc term came in. Uh, however, we're talking about eight woofers, three tweeters, um, each having their own amplifier. It's got four microphones built in. So what does that tell you? It's got voice. You can use the Google or the Amazon voice assistant. It's got Apple AirPlay 2, which is a great thing to, to think about because you can actually control AirPlay 2 through Siri on your iPhone. So while you can't use Siri on the soundbar, once you're using AirPlay, you can actually control your music from your iPhone then um, using Siri. So in effect, it can actually in some ways, in some ways, support three voice assistants. However, um, it doesn't come with a remote. A lot of soundbars tend to have their own remote. So when you connect it to the television, you turn the TV on, oh, I've got to turn the soundbar on. Uh, got to adjust the volume. Can I do it through the TV? Do I have to use a separate remote? Anyway, has one remote. Um, just HDMI straight into the telly. Sorry, I said it doesn't have a remote. Use the TV remote, right? Then you can use the app on your smartphone to adjust the volume if you need to. Your TV remote volume will actually control the soundbar volume as well. That's what it needs to do. You have one remote, turn the TV on, soundbar is already on, audio is already coming through the soundbar, you've done nothing except you're getting that better sound. Now it does support this time Dolby Atmos, which is a fantastic thing to have. It's what the other one was really missing. Um, the other one also had optical and didn't have HDMI, but now this one does. So that's a great thing to see. Yes, you can still pair it with two rear Sonos One speakers. They're about $299 each. Um, and then the sub is still available separately. They've updated the sub. Uh, they've called it the sub still. They haven't changed the name. It's going to be the same price and it has the same hardware. The only thing, and they were very honest with me about it, the only thing that's changed is the button. The button that they use to pair it to your um, Sonos network, it's just round instead of square now. So if you've already got a sub, don't need to upgrade that. You can keep it. In fact, if you were um, replacing the soundbar, again, just keep the sub that you've got. Uh, the Play 5 is no longer called the Play 5 anymore. It's called the 5. Um, that's the updated version. It looks the same. They've actually made it. So if you're getting the white, um, the white 5, it has the white grill instead of a black grill. And if you get the black 5, it has the black grill. Um, so that's the only real change that's happened on the 5 as well. Again, no hardware improvements on the 5. It doesn't have voice built in yet. Um, it's still just a speaker. I love the 5. I have a couple in this house. Uh, the 5 is, is fantastic. A huge, huge audio out of a really nice speaker. So the Arc is coming to market. It will be on sale on the 10th of June, available in black or white, which is good. The, the Play Bar never came in a variety of colors. It was just this black and gray kind of look to it. Uh, $1,400 though. So it's not a cheap soundbar. I'm getting one in to review. So maybe don't rush out and buy it. Hear from me first, especially to, I'm going to put it side by side with the Sonos Play Bar. 
um, and really compare how they how much they've improved. How much have they improved? Is it worth um, buying another one? Or is it worth actually rushing out to get the current play bar? Because I'm expecting it will reduce in price as well. So um, I'm happy that Sonos is finally making some announcements in this space. Uh, you can probably tell I'm speaking rapidly on this one because I am super excited about it. Um, if you want a more slower version, head to The Australian. Um, I've written a piece uh, on their website, which you can go and read. I also talk about the 2020 soundbar range from Samsung, uh, as well as LG. Samsung have announced all of their new soundbars. They have a range. So Samsung, for example, and even LG will announce new soundbars every year. So forget about this seven-year type cycle that Sonos is doing. Um, you get a new variety of soundbars every year. They, stand, they tend to charge from 350 bucks up to $1,000, depending on the size of the soundbar, its capabilities and whatnot. What you will find, though, if you've got a Samsung TV, a Samsung soundbar usually plays really well together, really well. Same thing with LG and so on. If you're mixing and matching, it can get a little bit different, but it's not unbearable. It's just doesn't work as well sometimes. Uh, whereas Sonos is that type, Sonos whether or Bose, as we'll talk about later, is the type that you can really add to any TV and they find a really nice way of making it work uh, with that single remote. So if you're interested in, in upgrading your sound in the home, uh, this is going to be interesting. Give me a week. It's, uh, I was hoping it would arrive this week. I think I'm rushing them a little bit. So maybe you'll hear from me in next week or the week after uh, as we do talk about that. I've actually got, guys, I've got the new 2020 LG 65-inch OLED uh, television here, which I'm which I'm testing. It's got to go back on on Monday, which is a few days from now. And uh, oh man, I'm going to be maybe considering whether I open the door for the couriers when they come pick it up. Honestly, so I can't wait to tell you a bit more about that once I really finish wrapping my head around all its features and whether it's worth rushing out to buy a 2020 OLED TV from LG. Now, look, I wanted to talk about Subaru here for a few minutes only because I picked up a Subaru Forester, which I'm um, reviewing for Car Expert. And this car has so much tech loaded into it, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, we're not, we're not talking about $100,000 cars here. You know, we're talking about you know, between $30,000 and $50,000, right? So this kind of vehicle is interesting. You get into it and it launches this driver monitoring system. I'm like, what is this? I talk to Subaru and I'm like, guys, you got to tell me more about what this thing is actually doing. So what you can do is... Um, most cars have got cameras, whether it's reversing camera or a camera even at the front monitoring radar crews or whatever it is. This one has a camera inside that looks at the driver. Um, it's an infrared LED um, and camera that, that actually looks back at you. And while it's doing that, it can do facial recognition, which means you can actually register yourself um, as the driver. So you say, I want to set up settings for Jeff. You go ahead and do that. And then when you get in the car, it's like, oh, Jeff's in the car. And it says, hi, Jeff. But what it will also do is readjust your seat back to your previous setting, readjust your air conditioning back to its its previous setting. All these different things that you may have that, you know, you tweak and adjust your mirrors, things like that. Bang. It's going to do that as soon as you get in the car. And then if your wife gets in the car, it'll recognize her, adjust to her last settings and things like that. So a really nice convenience thing there. However, the most interesting part, and I guess the real safety component here is that it will also detect distraction and it will detect whether you're drowsy. Now, let's start with distraction. It will actually notice when you're looking away from the road, uh, maybe you're looking at the back seat because the kids are going bananas or you're looking down at your phone because you definitely shouldn't be anyway. Uh, it will start to actually alert you and will give you audible sounds as well as visual, visual on the screens to say, hey, hey focus, man, like get, get your eyes back on the road. In the same sense, if it notices that you're blinking for longer, if it notices that you seem to be dipping your head, uh, drowsiness warnings and really telling you to take a break. And I think that's a really nice thing. Um, so 
that's smart. It also, when it does these alerts, it will mute the audio in the car and give you that, that alert real clearly. The good thing about the drowsiness one is that, you know, you may be tired, you may be on a road trip and the passenger next to you obviously can, can't usually see that you're tired. They can't always tell what kind of blinking you're doing, right? So when you have these kind of warnings, it's up to the passenger and the people in the car to be like, all right, we're taking a break. Even the car thinks you're tired. Pull the thing over. We'll swap drivers. You know, that sort of thing. So I think this is fantastic. I love that they do it. When we're not talking about an expensive car here, uh, I would just love to see this in all cars because it seems like it makes a lot of sense. So the driver recognition thing is one thing, but then the, the, the safety component is a complete other. Now, Moving on from Subaru, uh, I got an invitation, and I'm sure many people did, uh, WWDC. It's back on again. WWDC, yes, coronavirus is stopping everything from happening, but WWDC, the Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, will still go ahead. June 22 or 22nd, it will start. Uh, We're all invited because it's running virtual. No one's actually going. Uh, It's all going to be virtual. So I've always wanted to go to WWDC, and I guess this time I can. Um, from my living room. So what am I going to tell you about this? Not much. However, if you do develop apps, if you're a student who's got an interest in one day developing apps or you're a hobbyist and you play with um, coding and things like that, given the fact that this is all going to be run virtual, there is so much more that you would now be able to attend. In the past, it was selected, selected developers that could go. You had to apply. There was a lot of different things. Now it's really being opened up, given it is virtual, given there'll be so many different sessions. If you're interested in attending, you actually can. If you want to learn how to code or if you have any any specific developer type questions, this is the kind of event that they do host once a year for that. We do expect there'll be some announcements, usually around the new version of iOS or the new version of macOS, and we'll cover that. Um, but that's always been something that anyone could join virtually through their Apple TV or through the Apple website. So June 22nd, uh, I expect there'll be a nice keynote still. I don't know how they'll do that. Probably just uh, maybe Tim Cook sitting at his home. Uh, I don't know, whatever it is. But June, June 22nd, we're all invited. I'll see you there. On the other side of the coin, Samsung uh, this week announced a new tablet. Now, the Tab S6 Lite, um, obviously the light version, meaning it's going to have less power than the, the typical S6, which is you know around the $1,000 mark. However, you know, you've got twin cameras on the back, you know, a decent camera on the front. Base storage, 64 gig. Uh, we're talking about something that's about 7 mil thin. It's got almost no bezel around the front edges. It's really all screen. Uh, I do like it. 10.4 inch display, Dolby Atmos sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Um, when, when I hit Dolby Atmos sound over a tablet, I'm like, okay, like, where's all your speakers, bro? Um, and then we're also looking at, let me just try and look at the other specs. Yeah, it's got a five megapixel camera on the front, so your you know video calls will look fine. Uh, Seven thousand milliamp hour battery, cool. Headphone jack is still there if you need it. USB two, uh, sorry, USB C um, for charging. And again, USB C opens up the ability to connect other accessories to it. So think about those USB C um, hubs you can get. You could then potentially use normal USB, um, USB keys, keyboards, mice. You know, you can see where this is going. You can build on it. So running the latest version of Android as you'd expect. 
Now, it also comes with a pen, a little S Pen. S Pen doesn't need to be charged. It just um, is almost like a stylus. It has a magnetic connection to the tablet, so you can take it wherever you go. This is definitely the type of tablet for students. You, I mean, everything I've been saying, it's just slightly less than your more professional grade tablets. It's going to be a very good consumption device. So maybe you're watching a YouTube video and you want to take notes, or maybe you're attending a class virtually, as a lot of people are doing now, and you want to take, take notes, or you want to take screenshots, or you want to start um, brainstorming, whatever it is. This is the kind of tablet for it, especially with that little um, pen stylus, whatever you want to call it. Pricing. This is where it gets fun, especially if you're a student. Five. 49 for the 64 gig Wi-Fi only version. Uh, it does have a 128 gig option at 649, still Wi-Fi only. If you want the 4G version, 699 at 64 gig and 799 at 128 gig. So it begs the question, what about the iPad? The iPad is always going to be the one you're going to compare tablets to. It's just always going to be the case. iPad, normal iPad, the one with the button still, like the one that looks like it's from iPad Zero, okay? Uh, starts at 529, has a 10.2 inch screen, slightly smaller, but um, 529, 32 gigs of storage. So it's gonna give you less, it is cheaper, but it does give you half the storage to save about 10 bucks. Um, and then when you start to bump up to have the cellular option and things like that, the gap starts to look different. So what I'm trying to say is that if you are a student and you're looking for a tablet, I think that the Tab S6 Lite is one you really have to consider. You're going to save a ton of money, and that is something that's important when you're a student. You can buy more noodles. You can buy more beer, whatever it is, whatever your age demographic suits. Do check this one out. I'm, I'm tempted to get it in for review because I think at that price, uh, it could be a very compelling option. It may, it may warrant its own story, its own article. I don't know, but I just think it's very, very cool. 549 is a cracker deal uh, for a really nice and new tablet, not one that looks like it's from 10 years ago. So let's move on. I have an interview to talk to you about, and it's one you're going to want to hear. Now, we do talk a lot about audio on this show, whether it's personal audio with headphones or it's sound bars, whatever the case may be. I think audio is starting to become such a big part of our lives. It made sense to talk to Bose. Bose have been doing it for a long time. I've talked about the Bose frames before, which are the sunglasses with the built-in speakers. They're wild. Um, I use their Bose 700 headphones a lot. I don't use their soundbars. Uh, that's probably something I need to probably try and actually compare, especially with the new Sonos Art coming on. Anyway, we brought Bose in for a chat. All right, we have Joshua Corrin. He's the sales trainer for Australia New Zealand at Bose. And we're really, really lucky actually to have him on the show today. Joshua, thank you so much for joining. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. It's great to be here. Excellent. Now, look, COVID-19, how, how are you and, and how is Bose holding up? I'm assuming everyone's working from home. Yeah, the uh, the office is closed. Um, we still have a, a few workers uh, there, um, you know, mainly around distribution and, and warehousing. But um, most of us are at home, um, you know, dealing with that as, as most people are these days. Um, we're seeing, I guess, you know, headphones and audio products continue to be very popular, um, even more so um, during this time where people really are stuck at home and they're they're looking for an outlet, looking for a way to, to help improve their work-home balance, um, the way they work from home and, and so forth. Um, and, and also, I guess, people exercising is another big one that we're seeing. So, um, you know, gyms are closed, so um, uh, really seeing people gravitating towards those, those sport headphones like the Bose Soundsport Free, 
um, as well as our, our noise cancelling headphones for, for that as well. So. I was, I was going to ask that exact sort of question, actually, because, you know, I noticed that, say, Officeworks, for example, sold out of keyboards and mice. And if you try and buy a webcam today, it's almost impossible. Um, is, in terms of product categories, is Bose seeing a, more of a bigger spike around the personal audio rather than the home audio at this point in time? Um, seeing both, I'd probably put it more towards the personal audio category. Um, yeah. Just because of, I guess there's more people, whereas, uh, you know, it's an individual choice and an individual purchase in the home. So multiple people in the home are buying multiple, you know, devices. Um, home audio is more of a shared device. So there's, there is generally less of that, you know, one soundbar for a household kind of thing. Um, you know, if you're lucky, you might have a few, but um, most generally stick with one to share. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess with the, the, you know, everyone working from home, that really exercise side is probably the biggest uptick, I'd say, with, you know, the sport side of things. Um, you, you know, when you're locked at home, you can't go to the gym. You know, those sport headphones are kind of great. They're, they're comfortable, they're stable, they sound great. And you know, obviously people want to remain healthy um, as, as much as they can during these times. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's more people running around in the streets than I've ever seen in my life. It seems like we're going to be healthier as a nation in some ways. Now, it's true. It's true. And now, look, obviously, speakers, headphones, uh, but sunglasses, probably something I wouldn't have thought we'd actually ever see from, from Bose. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? I mean, how that idea came up? Yeah, I mean, frames really, they took, took the market by storm when they launched. I mean, they, they combined the protection and style of premium sunglasses with the functionality and performance of wireless headphones. Uh, they're also our tiniest, thinnest, and most lightweight Bose sound system ever, um, and, and quite unique, really, in, in that space. So I think where they came from was, I, I guess, a need. You always look at, you know, the need for, for products and, and technology. And, you know, if you look at current generations and people walking down the street, you kind of always have that phone in your hand. It's kind of glued there wherever you are, yeah. you know, the smartphone goes around with you. And it's usually accompanied by a pair of wireless headphones of, of some description, whether they be around ear or any kind of uh, truly wireless styles these days. Um, and there's been varying sizes, styles, colors, um, you know, in, and options in that space. But quite often the first impression you're left with, you know, somebody who's wearing a pair of headphones is like, leave me alone. Um, you know, it may not always be their intention, but that's kind of the vibe that's given off. And, you know, traditional headphones, they, they offer some degree of sanctuary, right? They'll, they'll isolate you. They'll give you that, that space. Um, you know, we have noise cancelling headphones for that. But based on our research, there were so many consumers who would be interested in a product that doesn't look like a headphone and it doesn't isolate you so much from people and your surroundings. So um, these offer headphone functionality and form factor that is more comfortable it's less obvious and it keeps you connected to the world around you. Um, in terms of the technology and how that came about, um, I mean, Bose has a, a rich heritage in, in acoustic research. Um, the idea for, for frames came from an open ear concept originally. Um, so without the sunglasses um, component and uh, our engineers developed, um, uh, it's called a variable length dipole, if anyone's interested in, in the, the technical name. Um, but basically what it is, is a, is a special driver that um, minimizes audio spillage to adjacent listeners without hardware that goes over or on or in your ears. So you've got that open ear experience. So it took them about three years of work um, that, that went into to the Frames products. Um, and, you know, it's, it's such a, an, you know, when people put them on for the first time and you hear them, it, it's astonishing to those people 
um, when they hear it for the first time, um, like how rich and full the audio can sound, but how little of that can be heard by anyone else, even when they're standing right next to you. Um, so just, yeah, great product all around. Really love them. No, it's so true as well as um, actually when you put them on and, and anyone who experiences it for the first time, if you don't say wow within that first five seconds, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I remember passing them to um, Joe Hildebrand at Studio 10 once and just said, try these on. And he thought they were just typical sunglasses. And he goes, where is that Where is that music coming from? It was just so bizarre. And I think anyone who experiences it um, just is blown away by by how well it sounds, considering it's coming out of the, the frames of the sunglasses. It's it's crazy. And, and thinking about smart speakers, I think, I, th- I think honestly every home – has some sort of smart speaker at the moment. And, um, you know, I think when we first all got them, people started to ask the typical questions around the weather, but then it moved into music. I think the biggest use case for smart speakers is to listen to music these days. And obviously Bose is now playing a big part in that as well. Can you talk a little bit about where you've embedded things like the Google Assistant into your um, product range now? Yeah, so uh, we have what's called the Bose Smart Speaker range of products. So we have both uh, Alexa and the Google Assistant um, across uh, these products. You uh, you get to choose one or the other. You can't have both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess compared to, um, you know, giving you that option, I guess, is, is really key there. So users can select um, their favorite personal assistant to use um, and they're not locked into into one as, as the option. Um, so... Just across our, our sound bars there, our, our Bose Soundbar 700 and 500 series. We've got a home speaker series, which is uh, like a dedicated plug-in um, smart speaker that you can put in different rooms. And we've also got the portable home speaker, which is a, a new addition, which is a portable option that can stay in the home. But also it's got a battery so you can grab it and go and use it on the go. So that's our sort of smart home range. Um, you also have digital assistance um, included in our headphones. So our noise cancelling headphones 700, for example, have Alexa and the Google Assistant built in as well there. And I think that's one of the great spaces. I mean, I, I love the the Bose 700s. I, I use them um, almost on a daily basis. They're, they're usually stuck to my head in some way or another. Uh, and, and headphones for me, especially when I used to be in the office, now working from home, probably not so much. I find that when I was in the office, I wanted to block that noise out and I would put the, um, the Bose headphones on for almost the entire day um, just so I could focus on my work. But it's interesting, since I've been at home, it's been a little bit less of that. Have you guys seen any, any data around this in terms of where we're using these headphones, especially in a working from home environment? Uh, I don't have any actual data. I mean, you know, indeed, headphones are quite beneficial in an office environment. You know, you need that isolation. You've got distractions depending on whether it's an open plan office. Um, you know, you on conference calls and you don't want any interference. You know, it's, it's, it's quite important. Um, I think it depends on your use case. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even though I don't have data, I can, I can speak personally myself. I've got two young kids and my yep. wife at home. Uh, and, you know, at any given time, they're, you know, quite often we'd be on four conference calls at the same time using Microsoft Teams. Kids are on Zoom, um, you know, in the morning for, for school. Wife could be on, on a call as well. And so um, really having that noise cancelling to block out that noise around you, you know, really helps you to stay focused on, on, on what you're trying to do, um, especially, you know, if you're all in each other's space. Um, and then also the the voice pickup technology that we've got on the Headphone 700. So there's, there's six microphones there. They cancel not only the noise around you, so you get peace and quiet, but also that background noise, so it cancels out the noise for people on the other end of the call, um, which is, uh, you know, really a great feature of these headphones. So you can be really confident that people aren't, are going to hear what you're saying, right, and not the TV or the person, you know, that's next to you. 
That's a great point. And and I think that noise cancelling piece actually on the microphone side is, is again, is something that people need to hear and, and experience to understand the most of because it's it's quite amazing how you can actually cancel out so much background audio through those extra microphones that you have on the 700s. And I can be in a noisy environment, still on a call, and they have no idea that I'm actually standing somewhere that's um, that, that that is noisy. It's it's quite impressive. Yeah, it, it is is an amazing piece of technology. That. Yeah. Now, televisions. I think uh, many of us are probably spending a bit more time in sitting in front of one, uh, but they're obviously getting a lot thinner. And I'm still surprised that we can even um, still fit speakers into them at all. Um, but Bose has, a, has quite a number of products in in this range in terms of you know improving home audio and, and improving the the experience we get from our movies, um, soundbars, and also you know surround sound systems. Well, how are things going in that area? When I when I think about um, home theater audio, I feel like soundbars seem to be overtaking the idea of running wired uh, systems anymore. Is that is that something you guys are seeing as well? Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. You'll see growth in in soundbars as a as a category, mainly because um, you know people walk into a store these days and you really don't see 5.1 systems anymore um, on display. They're all soundbars. I mean, it's probably the, mm-hmm. the biggest case. Um, and they look great. I think a nice soundbar, it's slim. It looks like it sits under the TV. It just looks nice. Um, but not only that, they're simple and easy to use. I mean, a soundbar to connect is really just the power cord and you've got a HDMI lead um, and, and that's it. And that's all you need to connect it up. So you're not running wires around. There's no nothing for anyone to trip over. Um, and in the case of at least our soundbars, you can start off with a soundbar if you want. And then if you want even more sound, you can add on that, that sub and bass module, we call it, or a rear speaker. Um, and they're wireless, so they just need a PowerPoint and they'll connect wirelessly and, and give you that, you know, enhanced sound experience. Um, you know, if you, if you did find you were using it more for movies and, and things like that at home. That's another, another good point too, is that with the soundbar, people may think that that's the end of, of their um, installation, but you're right. You can then add on a sub. You can then even go and add rear speakers as well. Um, I just think that way of working and building out your home theater can be A, more cost efficient, but B, just so simple to do as well. Yeah, really simple to do. And and what a lot of people don't realize is is we're seeing soundbars uh, used for about 50% watching content and about 50% audio use as well. So um, obviously they're smart, they're connected to the internet, so you can stream directly from Spotify um, and, and other services. Uh, the other cool thing is they've got Bluetooth built in. So if for whatever reason you just wanted to connect directly to the bar, um, you can stream from your mobile device any content that you're watching, which is great. Um, and as I said, you've got Alexa, Google Assistant built in. Uh, one of my favorite features is uh, the voice control with either of those voice assistants, actually. Uh, you can turn the bar on or off via voice. Um, so you're not always looking for that remote control down the side of the couch. Um, and, you know, it's so easy to use. Even my, my kids use it. I have to um, mute the microphone on top sometimes because my son can wake up and just turn on the TV by voice now. Um, but it's such a such a handy little feature. You know, you, you spoke earlier about people asking for music and, you know, probably the early things everyone's like tell us a joke and those sorts of things and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what the use case is for these assistants um i really find the sort of the really simple basic stuff which is like turning it on turning it off um i know i like to watch uh you know tv at like volume 30 or 40 so i say you know better make sure my microphones are muted around me but <laughs> say the wake word and uh you know volume 40 or um, four in, in case of, um, you know, Google and things like that. And so to go and set directly to, to that volume level, so you don't have to find the remote and toggle up or down. You, you know, that, that personal level that you like, um, which is great. And then if your phone rings or someone knocks at the door, you just say, you know, mute, and it's going to mute for yeah. you. 
um, and things like that. So really, it's out of the box functionality. You don't have to pay any extra for it. Um, sign up for any services. You know, it's, it's there and you can control it, which is which is really good. One other thing I'd actually like to add here is um, we just released a new feature called Simple Sync. Um, okay. And if you've got the headphone 700, you can actually pair them now with um, any of the smart speaker range, but we'll, we'll talk about, say, a head, uh, Soundbar 700 here. So um, with this, you could actually connect a pair of uh, Bose Noise Cancelling Headphone 700 to the Soundbar 700 over Bluetooth, and okay. you can actually have both playing at the same time. So that would be great if someone's hard of hearing. Uh, so you could have it louder on the headphone so it's not annoying everyone else. Um, we do get that um, sometimes. This is a fairly common use case. Um, yeah. The other one, though, is obviously in this time where we're locked up at home. Maybe you want to you want to chill and you know watch some content, but you've got kids. They might be asleep. You don't want to wake anybody up or disturb them. You can turn the, the soundbar volume off and just have a personal listening ex- experience so you, you don't disturb those around you, um, which is pretty cool. Um, the other thing that it does also is allow you to add Bluetooth speakers. So um, while they're smart Wi-Fi speakers and you can add those onto multiple rooms, a lot mm. of people do have a, you know, a Bose Bluetooth speaker lying around or um, you know, other devices which you can connect via Bluetooth um, and simply add sound to another room. Just for that odd occasion, you might want to you know, have some sound outside, obviously within range of Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, but you can just add that speaker on um, and then you've got a bit of multi-room audio going on there as well. So, um, you know, one thing we've been doing and really trying to work on through these smart products is the fact that they're always connected to the cloud um, and they can download download uh, new firmware updates, um, you know, and, and add new features and functionality over the life of the product. And that's got to be one of the key points there too that, you, that you're talking about is, you know, you buy the, you buy the product today but it doesn't stop there in that, you know, you will receive updates. The product will evolve and, and effectively improve from the day that you bought it. And I think, you know, when people do look at buying a soundbar, you can invest in something like a Bose product and and still get support and actually still have it not, you know, superseded um, next month. You know, it's going to be a product that actually lives and breathes in your home uh, for, for a number of years, if not more. Yeah, we, we generally try and keep our products, you know, longer life cycles for that reason, um, as much as is possible and, and feasible. So, um, and we're still supporting, you know, much older products. Um, you know, generally firmware updates on those older products are not really required, but um, certainly support and, you know, servicing and that sort of thing is still available. I love that. And, and obviously, it sounds like we've got bows in, in every room of the house when we when we look at the product range. Um, I have to ask, the, the, the Sound Sleep product was one that I... I tested and continued to use, and it's it's quite amazing that it's a product that you would listen to while you're asleep. Um, but it's it's obviously it's been discontinued, and, I, and I've spoken about this on the show before that I was I was quite sad to hear. I, I still have mine, and they still work. Um, do you think there would be a new version of that coming in the future? And and, and did you use them and, and enjoy them yourself? Yeah, um, it's a couple of parts of that question, I guess. So um, they. What we were finding with them is for some customers, they weren't working as consistently or predictably as they should to meet our standards. And so mm. for that reason, we, we did discontinue them. Um, but we have committed to going back to research um, to to make that vision a reality. I, I, mean, I don't have anything to share. I'm not a privy of you know what might be coming. Um, but we yeah. do remain committed to developing innovative solutions to help the millions of people who struggle to fall asleep and stay asleep. Um, I think they were a, a great product. Um, myself... I, I didn't really have trouble at home sleeping um, yeah. personally, uh, but the feature that I used most was uh, whenever I did have to travel and get up early, um, you know, sometimes those 4 a.m. wake-ups, you didn't want to set an alarm and, and wake everybody else up in the house. So you could you could wear them and set your own alarm 
and then it would be a personal alarm that was only in your ears and you kind of you know, jump up out of bed going, I've got to turn off the alarm, not wake everyone up. And it was just in your own ears. It's a really weird kind of feeling. Um, yeah. And it was great. It was so useful. Um, and uh, that's what I mostly use it for. When I was traveling, certainly in hotels and things with lifts and, and things like that is where I, I mostly use the the sleep component. But, um, you know, we, we fully believe in, in the category. Um, and, and, you know, the feedback we've had is that people loved it and it, it helped so much. So, um, yeah, I think, think, think it's great. And also, uh, you know, as you said as well, it's interesting that that you say that you know that the product didn't sort of meet the standards that that Bose expects, and for that reason, to remove it, it, it should, if anything, allow customers to to have even more faith in in the products that you do bring. Because if you do if you do back them, it's because they they do work. And if if you do notice issues, you um, you remove it. I think that's a that's a good thing to see from a brand. So, you know, if anything, it's a credit to to Bose that they've gone and done that. Yeah, no, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. And look, some some rapid fire questions. I like to uh, I like to get to know the people that we bring onto the show, and it also gives the audience a bit of an insight into into your world and your life. Um, what what would be your favorite app to keep you organized? To keep me organized, um, I'd have to go with Google Photos. Um, ah bit of a photographer um yep. so still shooting with a mirrorless camera but also those snaps that you take on your phone are also uh, you know grouped into there so i i have hundreds of thousands of photos of from over the years i've kept hard drives upon hard drives mm-hmm. um and uploading them into google photos is just you know when you show somebody this random photo from you know might be 15 years ago and all you had to do was type in their name with it because it was a face tag and maybe what they were doing because Google have scanned the photo and they know exactly the the context um, and it just comes up straight away and they're still scrolling through their phone trying to find this one picture. Um, it, it's pretty cool. I had that exact example today. I was talking about mountain biking with friends and typed that into Google Photos and up came a photo from five years ago when we when we last rode, for example, and it was just it's crazy how it does do all that all that tagging. It's um it's awesome. Yeah. The favorite social media app for you? Uh, I'm gonna go with Instagram. Uh, it seems to be a common photography one. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Now, when you do have five minutes to spare between meetings, um, what's the first thing that you do on your phone? Ooh, um, probably uh, hit up Google News. Bit of a Google hmm. fan, sounds like. Yeah, yeah, you're all in on, on Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you wear a do you wear a smartwatch or a traditional timepiece? Uh, I have both. Uh, most uh, times I wear a uh, fitness watch, Garmin. Okay, cool, cool. Is it, is it for, for tracking in particular or do you actually just uh, like it as a smartwatch? Uh, cycling. Um, usually cycling, trying to you know, keep me healthy. The main reason I, I have tried most smartwatches on the market, um, I found Garmin battery life to be amazing, uh, you know, weeks, yeah. if not a month, uh, depending on how long you're using the GPS, but they just last forever. Always on screen. Um, so, you know, you don't have to pull it up to look at it. I don't know it's changed for some models, but in the early days, you, you generally had like a blank screen. You had to always activate it. Um, yeah. and, uh, it works with both Android and iOS, which is also good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, heart rate function was great. And, um, it just, uh, the one I've got is a Sapphire glass model. So it's just great, reliable, solid, can go swimming with it, go to the beach. Uh, I was sick of going to the beach and taking my watch off and, you know, wondering what time the kids needed to have lunch and, and things like that. So uh, just a, a great tool all around. Yeah, really happy with awesome. it. Now, when we used to fly, did you uh, use the in-flight entertainment system or did you bring your own tablet? No, uh, own tablet, um, usually an iPad Pro um, uh, with 
Plex or Netflix and some downloaded content preloaded, ready to go. Love it. And what do you love to do to disconnect? Um, photography, um, as I said, and yeah. cycling. Yeah, we've covered that. It's just all linked to hobbies. Uh, and a bit of gaming. So um, not really a, a PC gamer as such. Um, wife would probably kill me. But um, do 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 love my Nintendo Switch. So um, a lot of good games on there for the kids. My kids are five and seven. So um, playing a bit of Animal Crossing at the moment where, you know, it allows us to go and travel to other people's places and live in the kind of virtual world that we're yeah. not living at the moment in the real life. So. Oh, cool. Now, this show is called Technology Uncorked. And usually at the start of the show, I uh, open a bottle of wine and I pour myself a glass. And that's how I talk through the the basically whole show um what's your sort of favorite drop if you were to pour yourself a glass of something anything what do, what do you like to go for Ooh, um an asahi black yeah, yeah. A, bit, a bit of a heavier beer yeah i don't i don't drink a lot um yeah but uh, if i was going to have one just uh, just like a nice it's a bit of heavier yeah full-bodied beer Good. Love it, love it, Joshua. You've been full of information around around Bose, but it's also been good to get to know you as well. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Jeff. Thank, thanks again. It's been uh, been great. And a huge thank you to Joshua Corrin from uh, from Bose. He's the sales trainer there. And honestly, the, the audio quality from his microphone was also sensational. That's a very rare thing to find, especially when mine at the time was so poor. Uh, look, thanks, guys, for listening. That is the end of the show. Um, again, next week we'll have a bunch of new guests. We'll have a bunch of new news. Well, we're talking about that fantastic LG TV. I'm probably going to go and have a, a bit more of a watch of now. By the way, guys, Billions. Oh, my God. Billions is back. And crikey, Moses, is it good? If you're not watching Billions on stand, you're crazy. Um, anyway, thanks, guys. We'll speak soon. Have an amazing week. Stay safe and be good to your mother. See you all. Bye-bye.